is Nick Sakevich, Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's Doug Fidel score! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kyle Yelmiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! We are. We are. Welcome to season two of the Pro Lacrosse Talk podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. This is episode 117, and today we're talking all things NLL, because there's a new team on the block, the Panther City Lacrosse Club. I'm joined as always by my co-host Adam Moore. Adam, what is happening today? Going on, everyone. Excited to talk this new squad that's about to take the NLL by storm. Excited for all this really exciting news going on uh, in the indoor game and, and the box game. Really excited to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, the NLL is making moves. We have a new team, the Panther City Lacrosse Club. You know, kind of had rumblings that that might be the name uh, back in May. There was a trademark filed for that. Uh, Fort Worth Panthers was filed earlier in February. That's kind of the first uh, instance that we had that you know they might go with this name um i was kind of holding on for stampede or herd those were also names that were registered i guess maybe to you know throw us off the scent a little bit um but what were your thoughts on this this name again they they kind of go the pll route here they don't have a traditional nickname um kind of deviate from the, the rest of the nll teams and go panther city lacrosse club uh panther city is the nickname for for fort worth so it's you know pretty apropos but um, you know, kind of unique in, in its own right. What do you think of the name? Yeah, you know, just going off of kind of the the social media outreach I saw and, and the connections they were making with uh, Fort Worth fans, everyone seemed to be really excited about the name. You know, they had a great turnout. Uh, you will, we'll hear from Commissioner Sakevich in a little bit, but they had a great turnout at uh, the announcement. And I, you know, I think it's a fantastic name. You want to make it uh, something that the the home faithful will really enjoy. And it seems just from everything uh, I was reviewing on, on social, the, the Fort Worth fans themselves are, are really, really excited uh, with this name. And, you know, I, I saw some pushback, but they weren't Fort Worth fans, right? They were fans of maybe some other mm. teams uh, in the league that maybe they weren't as big of a fan of the name. So as long as the home faithful like it, I'm all for it. And love the design, thought it was really cool. Adding a, a fourth, purple squad uh to the league which is pretty interesting so um but yeah no really enjoy the logo pretty cool name um excited to see what they do once they hit the box yeah i don't like the name i'm not gonna lie uh you know i get if you know you're right it resonates well probably with fort worth fans because you know they know it as panther city um but if i'm like somebody that doesn't know that fort worth is panther city which you know obviously i i knew going into it but a lot of people probably didn't, you know, you're kind of like, Oh, Panther city, where's that? You know, I, I don't know. And then there's nothing in Fort Worth that really, you know, I get the history behind it. They say, you know, there's a news clipping, I think from the 1800s and there's actually kind of a slight that they kind of turned into, you know, kind of a rallying cry for the Fort Worth, but um, I'm not really a fan. I mean, I thought you could have gone Fort Worth Panthers. I just think Panthers in general, isn't that great of a nickname since it's already shared by, a pro football team and a pro hockey team. You know, I feel like you could have gone a little bit different route, differentiated yourself a little bit with, you know, stampede or herd. Um, I don't think there's a, there's no at least major sp- pro sports team with those names. 
Um, I don't know. I look at a team like the Seattle Kraken and what they were able to do. You know, Seattle had a hockey team there called the Metropolitans a long time ago. They could have maybe gone back to their roots and gone that route. But there's already, you know, the Metropolitans, the, the New York Mets. Um, and I, they kind of went for a new identity with the Kraken. So I, I don't really like the name. I like, you know, ties to the city. Um, you know, I would have been fine with Fort Worth Panthers probably, even though, again, you're adding a third pro sports team with the team named Panthers. Um, but Panthers say lacrosse club, I, you know, I wasn't huge on the PLL trend of saying lacrosse club. I, I can live with it because, you know, they don't have cities. Whereas this, it's like, keep it simple. Do city, then nickname. Um, I don't know. Wasn't a huge fan. I do really like the logo. Um, the logo looks really sweet to me. Um, I like the colors as well. The purple and red and the, the silver. Those are actually, I'm, as a Ravens fan, I think those are the colors I wish, um, you know, the Ravens would kind of like lean into more. I know they have a little bit gold accent, but I wish they would actually maybe more use more red um, and silver. Um, so I do like the colors, but you did mention it is the fourth team that uses the color purple, you know, and really the third that has it as a main color, you know, the bandits use purple as an accent sure. color. Um, but yeah, you have the seals and the Thunderbirds, two recent teams, you know, adopting purple as their main color. Uh, you also notice, as many fans did too, that the Panther City logo looks very similar to the Seals logo in terms of its design and even, you know, like the whiskers on the, the Seal and the, the Panther. So that too is like, you know, by itself, I think it's a great logo, but it's also like a little too similar to the Seals that joined the league two years ago. So, um, you know, overall, all just I'm happy we're, we have a 14th team. The league has never had this many teams before, which is just great. Um, and, you know, we're going to have two more within a span of probably two to three years. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk to the commissioner. But um, overall, you know, I'm not upset. Like, I, I don't hate it like I did the Water Dogs. Um, you know, I think – about to bring that up. Yeah, I, I don't need – I don't think we need to rehash that, you know. Um, but, uh, again, I, I think it could have been better, you know. Yeah. I, I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it either. Sure, yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's definitely it, – we, we kind of see it as a trend, right, when it comes to the style logo, you know, the – at PLL brought kind of that crest logo uh, into it. We, we see the MLS using a lot of uh, that crest style logos, kind of, it, it seems to be the fad right now when, when a team, uh, an expansion team comes into play, it, it seems like that style is what's hot right now. And, and that's completely fine that they're playing off of what sells at the moment and kind of same thing with the lacrosse club style, right? The PLL did it. Uh, MLS squads are doing soccer club a lot of times or, or football club. So uh, it's what's hot right now. And, and hopefully uh, it's hot in Texas, right? So uh, it only makes sense that they go with hot. Yeah, no. And you, you did bring up a good point earlier too, that uh, the Fort Worth fans really seem to embrace it, which that's really all that matters. You know, you, you want your, your city embracing it first. Um, and, and I, I actually do like, you know, how they have the little ties to like what it looks like the top of the Alamo in that crest logo. I mean, again, the colors, I, I think work really well together. Uh, lacrosse flash put out some cool uniform mock-ups that yeah. I, I really hope, you know, they, they go that route. Um, if you guys haven't seen those, those are on social media, the shout out to the guys at lacrosse flash for, uh, Austin Owens for designing those. Um, but you know, overall, again, you know, just, just meh for me. Uh, the biggest news though, that really got me excited um, that we didn't really expect was the NFL, the NLL shop on fanatics. Uh, that deal I think is huge. You know, again, you're bringing all the merchandise into a centralized location. Um, you know, and then these teams, uh, can still sell 
brick and mortar and at arenas like they have in the past. But, you know, the NLL is kind of, you know, taking this, um, you know, kind of as a, another revenue stream, but, you know, Commissioner Sakevich in our interview, that's going to come up to mention too. It's, it's again, just allowing fans to have easier access to, you know, their licensed merchandise. Um, so, so far they have, you know, jerseys up there that you can order. Um, hopefully they add maybe a customization option. Um, they got t-shirts. Uh, apparently we, we've heard there's more stuff on the way too. So if you're looking at the selection right now and you're like, ah, there's not really anything I'm interested in, uh, more is to come. So definitely, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, and, you know, fan, Fanatics has deals with all these other major sports leagues. So you can now go to the Fanatics website um, and you can get your NFL apparel, the same place you can get your NLL apparel. And I think that's huge because, you know, we're going to have some random other pro sports fans stumble across the NLL and that that's good for the game to grow long term. Um, what, what were your thoughts, you know, when you, you heard this news, were you expecting it at all? Yeah, no, I mean, w with everything that the NLL has been doing to promote the league, it, it seemed like only a matter of time something like this uh, would come about. And it's really exciting to see the league uh, kind of on the same site, like you said, with, with those four major sports leagues, all those touch points, right, are super important, right, What to, to grow and develop uh, the league. We talked uh, to him about kind of the, the gambling side of things, too, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, the, the more the league can be out there, and, and this is just one of those ways to really help grow the game and add some revenue when they can. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. We, we keep teasing it. So uh, without further ado, let's toss to our interview with Commissioner Nick Sakevich. I'm here with Commissioner Nick Sikevich, fresh off a busy week that included the unveiling of the NLL's newest franchise and announcement of the league's partnership with the Fanatics. Uh, Commissioner Sikevich, thanks for joining us again. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, Nick, let's go right into it. And you guys unveiled uh, Panther City Lacrosse Club just over a week ago. How has it been since that announcement? And, and what was the local vibe uh, like in the Panther City when you were there for the announcement? Uh, it was really awesome. Uh, I mean, the ownership of Bill Cameron and Greg Bibb down there and the whole staff that they've assembled did a first class job. And what's going to be uh, really a new standard of arena in the NLL. Uh, Dickey's Arena was spectacular. The team did a great job in putting on a first-class event. There were about 150 people in attendance, uh, a bunch of media, all of the North, North Dallas, North Texas, actually, area, Fort Worth media were there covering the, the story. So it was terrific. Plus, they've created this amazing brand uh, in Panther City Lacrosse Club and, and the also unveiling of some really cool traditions um, that Greg talked about in his opening remarks, just doing it the right way. So it was really exciting to be a part of. I'm glad I took the trip down there to be with them and was, was honored to be on stage with, uh, with uh, the mayor's representative and community leaders. And of course, Greg, it was a, it was a great, great announcement. Yeah, it looked like a, a great unveiling. And, uh, you know, it's located in the Midwest, which we talked about when we last talked, how you kind of want to start populating, you know, all throughout North America. Um, mm -hmm. We know that expansion teams 15 and 16 are also on the way. What can we expect in terms of division realignment in the future? Uh, will we see four divisions when Fort Worth joins in 2021-22? Uh, or is the league going to stick with three divisions for a little bit until you reach 16 teams? Yeah, that's the plan. And, you know, that Fort Worth geographic region was so important as the 14th team just to start to balance out uh, the North American footprint. Mm -hmm. uh, team 15 will 
further help balance out geographically. Um, so that's really important. The plan is to, you know, we went to three divisions from two last season and the, the plan is when we get to 16 teams to go to a four division alignment for the foreseeable future. That's great. And you know, Hutton did mention uh, those uh, expectations of two more expansion franchises. When can we expect uh, the announcement of that new location for Team 15? Um, we're getting close. Uh, we, we've got a lot of interest in, in the market that we're uh, really focusing in on. And I would, uh, I would expect um, soon. Uh, it's, it's hard to handicap these things as you know they're fluid mm -hmm. negotiations and and they're constantly developing and there's a lot of back and forth but i i think we're kind of down towards the short strokes um on a deal in a fantastic new market and uh you know i'm cautiously optimistic that at the beginning of the year maybe first quarter of the year we'll have it we'll have an announcement on team 15. we we could be the only league announcing two expansion teams in the middle of a pandemic and uh, i'm crossing my fingers whoop, that happens no that, that would be great uh we're definitely like to see how you know the league is still growing uh and kind of you know um, dealing with this pandemic. Let's kind of go to this upcoming season, though. We're going to get live lacrosse this April. Uh, when can we expect a full schedule announcement? And how have you guys been coordinating, you know, with the pro field leagues whose seasons typically start in J June? And, um, you know, how are you guys just preparing overall for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the immediate order of business is to develop a, a schedule and, and trying to figure out what that schedule looks like is really challenging in these times. Yeah, as you know, the Canadian U.S. border is still shut down, so movement across that border is uh, has to lift. There's a, a bunch of stuff that has to happen. We have 13 teams competing in this year's competition, and there are literally 13 different sets of restrictions to deal with in local markets. And you know, we're hopeful by the time April comes along, we'll be able to um, play in front of fans in all of those markets. If not, uh, we're still looking at different scenarios. Um, we're trying, we're aiming at trying to get a full season in. We may be forced to do a, sh a shorter season, shorter number of games, be it, you know, 16 or 12, or 14, uh, instead of our usual 18 games. So it's all, it's kind of like walking in quicksand. It's all a little, uh, very, very fluid and lots of uh, things to consider, but that's first order of business right now. We have a scheduling committee made up of uh, a number of our board members that's focusing on uh, working on this every day. With regards to the two outdoor leagues, we are meeting with them weekly um, and discussing uh, ways uh, and ideas on how we can uh, work around um, the crossover of our season with the two outdoor leagues. As you guys probably know, we have a lar very large number of NLL players that play in both leagues. And our goal, uh, our stated goal is to have those players play as much lacrosse as they can this summer. Um, we don't want to be an impediment to the outdoor leagues. And we have standing calls with both leagues. In fact, we have one today with the PLL and I'll be speaking with Sandy Brown uh, either later today or tomorrow. Uh, and we're working very closely with those two leagues to make sure that we can play as much lacrosse as we can uh, indoors and outdoors for the fans and the players. 
great to hear. And, you know, we also wanted to talk about a couple more announcements that, that the leagues recently made. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the announcement uh, that NLLshop.com has a new deal with Fanatics. Um, how important was it to have a centralized location for NLL team merchandise? And how does merchandise factor into kind of the revenue strategy going forward? Well, you know, every, everyone knows uh, licensed merchandise and when a fan puts a, a hat or a jersey uh, on their backs, uh, that's a sign of passion and investment in their local brand. And, and it's so, so important. The league for many years um, never had an e-commerce strategy. Uh, it was kind of disparate. Um, some teams had a e-commerce retail strategy and others had none. Um, most of the merchandise was sold in arena at venue around games and the league really didn't have a 365 day out of the year sales platform. As everyone knows, internet retail, the advent of, you know, outlet retailers like Amazon and fanatics in the sports licensed merchandising space really have become, you know, far and away the leaders and fanatics is the leader in the vertical of sports licensed merchandise worldwide. Uh, and it also opens a worldwide market for us. So not just um, as a new revenue stream for the league, but really um, unlocking that e-commerce, pulling it all under one umbrella, um, giving consumers an easy place to go to nllshop.com, uh, making it easy for them to buy merchandise is really important from a re relevant standpoint, um, not just the revenue standpoint. So yes, it's nice to have a new revenue stream in the league. It's going to take a while for us to build it up, but we have a new business in that e-commerce. Um, but more importantly, we have very easy access for fans to get licensed merchandise. Fantastic. And you know, this year you'll also be uh, announcing a new Hall of Fame class. Um, when can we expect uh, the announcement on, on that class? Well, we spent a lot of time uh, re redesigning uh, the Hall of Fame and, and really molding it uh, to something that the, the league and the players and the fans um, could be proud of, something more consistent with a, um, a, a wider voting uh, contingency. So now we have, I think, well over 40 people that have been invited in to uh, vote on those candidates. It's going to be a fantastic class, uh, and we're going to be really excited to be uh, unveiling that class in, in, uh, in the very near future. Not exactly sure when we're slated to make those announcements. I think there's still some voting and um, some uh, collection of information on the candidates that some people who are voting have requested. Uh, so that's still going on, but really excited to rebrand the Hall of Fame, get it out there, and honor the great players that um, that have been nominated this year you know we're certainly excited to see who uh you know is the next class of this hall of fame um for our final question i want to talk a little bit about sports betting you know you guys signed a deal with bet mgm last season with hopes mm -hmm. of introducing betting in 2020 that was put on pause due to covid but what are your plans for sports betting this upcoming season and when can we expect you know maybe future odds to come out for these teams and uh this upcoming season yeah, we're, we're, you know, unfortunately, we were going to roll it out during playoffs uh, last year. That didn't happen. As you said, uh, we, we've got, you know, we took advantage of the time we had throughout the summer to really get every, every all our ducks in a row, so to speak, in terms of our partnership with Bet, uh, MGM and um, Sport Genius is our distribution partner for our stats and information. And 
Um, we're planning on doing a full-on rollout for this new season um, with BR Live and all of our teams. So I, th I think you're going to see um, some really exciting stuff and lines coming out on NLL games and opportunities for fans to engage. It's such an important part of our strategy because it's pretty well known in the sports industry that fans and, and people who are interested in sports that bet on sports are 80% more likely to follow those sports. So it's, um, it's a huge marketing strategy. There is no market for lacrosse betting today. So we're partnering with BetMGM and, and Genius Sports to build that marketplace over the long haul. No, we're certainly looking forward to it. I know you talked about how you know important that is in terms of engagement uh, for fans as well, and you know attracting new fans. So we're certainly looking forward to uh, the addition of that in this upcoming season. Mr. Sakevich, thank you again for your time, and we uh, look forward to this April 2021. Awesome, thanks. It's always great talking to you guys. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Smart Backstop. Smart Backstop is different from traditional backstops in that it actually attaches to your net, preventing any missed shots up to four feet high and wide of the net. It can also be easily folded down behind the net for easy storage. Plus, this thing is built to last and is used by some of the top college teams. I'm someone who spent countless hours chasing missed shots in my backyard as a kid, and I wish I had this on my net. It would have saved me a lot of time and money on lost lacrosse balls. The best thing is right now, Smart Backstop is giving listeners $20 off their purchase and free shipping. Just use the code PLT at checkout, place your order, and then get practicing. All right, so you guys heard our interview with Nick Sakevich. A lot of exciting stuff. You know, he mentioned he was down there in Fort Worth for the Panther City unveiling. Uh, you know, he also talked a little bit about that deal with Fanatics and also a little bit about, you know, when we could see some new expansion teams uh, kind of revealed. So it sounds like they're getting really close to Team 15. Uh, we could get some news this spring, if not, you know, a little bit later. Um, and that kind of, you know, we didn't get much hints there about where that market could be. I mean, I know we, me and you, Adam, both have an idea of what we think it is. Uh, he did give us a tiny hint saying that, you know, they're trying to really populate all of North America and this kind of helps them do that. Uh, based on that, where do you think Team 15 is going to end up? Yeah, you know, the writing seems to be on the wall already. We already had a game there this past season. Vegas just seems uh, like the choice. It, it makes complete sense. They, they had a uh, great game there this past uh, season. It just makes sense that, that Vegas is the next stop for the league, especially when, when we talk about kind of location-wise. It, it makes sense that uh, that'd be the next spot. Yeah, no, I think, too, with uh, the addition of betting, um, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, we got Panther City Lacrosse Club. Could we get Lax Vegas Lacrosse Club? You, you know, who knows? I hope they go a little bit more unique route. Um, and again, maybe stick to the traditional. Um, I'm pulling for Blackjacks. I think that would be a cool name. We, uh, we already had the Atlantic City Blackjacks in the AFL, the Arena Football League. They, they folded, though, with that league. So that name's up for grabs. Um, yeah, I think it's Vegas, too. I, I, again, like you said, there, there's too many signs pointing towards Vegas. Um, the interesting thing is, though, too, what the ownership group is going to be because they definitely have the city already picked out. But when we last talked to them, they were actually still deciding between which ownership group, which is, again, is a great sign for the league. Not only do you have uh, you know, multiple cities bidding for teams, you have multiple ownership groups in cities bidding for teams. So I think that's huge. Um, and then Team 16 is 
in the finalization stages as well. It sounds like um, that, you know, maybe may not be decided just yet, but uh, I mean, we kind of have some ideas. We think Las Vegas is the next logical stop, but uh, where do you think team 16 could end up? Could we return to a market that the NLL has already been? Could we go somewhere new? Uh, What are your, your favorite spots for team 16? Yeah, you know, a place where the league has already been, but I think uh, with the right ownership group could really thrive is a place like Chicago. Um, They've been there in the past. Turnout wasn't that great for when the Shamrocks were around, but I really think uh, a place like Chicago with the green game growing in the Midwest would really really thrive um, in in a place like Chi-Town. So I think that's one spot. And, you know, if you're, you're heading up north, uh, a place like Montreal would be a pretty cool spot too uh, in Canada if they're at looking to, to add another team uh, north of the border. I think those are two spots that uh, I definitely could see the league growing. Yeah, no, and the, the Chicago definitely, uh, you know, helps them kind of populate that, that Midwest like sure. we've talked about. Um, Windy City Lacrosse Club, I'm going to keep doing this <laughs> as we go. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I like Chicago a lot. They, you know, had that one-year experiment with the Shamrocks. Um, you know, that was during a time where the league was pretty unstable. You know, expansion teams were coming and going left and right. Um, I love Montreal, too, a, as a destination. Again, you know, you kind of populate more areas of Canada. Um, you could go the Montreal Express route if you want to bring back that team name. You could go Quebec Caribou as well. Um, or do the French spelling, uh, you know, I, I really like that name um, to, you know, again, ode to some old history there with the National Lacrosse League of old. Yeah, and if we're looking at those old teams, uh, you know, back in the day, Steve Holroyd uh, has a ton of really awesome footage that he released uh, pretty recently, but man, I can't get enough of that old Maryland Arrows uh, logo. I know I'm biased and I don't think Baltimore is going to get a team anytime soon but man that Maryland Arrows jersey on on a new uh on a new looking jersey would be fantastic yeah I mean I would love to see Baltimore Thunder I just think you know um I don't think the DC metro area will really get a team just because it's too close to Philly um you know and again DC sports is you know you could maybe get the the Leonces to to buy a a team maybe uh if there's enough interest there put them in Capital One Arena um, I think that would be cool. Bring back the Washington wave maybe or Washington power, but I, I really don't think they'll go that route. Um, the city that I think they're really going to go to is Nashville. Sure. There's already rumors that Georgia was going to relocate to Nashville a few years ago that fell through. And I think they'll remain in Georgia for um, the time being, but Nashville, I think would be a prime market for them. It's a growing city. Um, they've embraced the predators there. You have them play there um in that arena and I, I think that would be a perfect spot in Bridgestone Arena um or you, if you want to return to a market uh Minnesota I think would really embrace a team um you know again I, I think there were some issues there with ownership and that's why they moved to Georgia but um you know bring it bring a team back to Minnesota Minneapolis area um I, I don't think would be a, a bad idea as well um, and I, I know Winnipeg was also one that was maybe tossed around if they, they, they want to expand to Canada. Cause then you, you kind of hit all the provinces, I think, if you get one in, uh, you know, Winnipeg. So um, who knows, you know, we're, we're just all speculating here, but th- those are some of the top spots we think they could land. Um, again, I don't think they go really South. I think Texas was a good check the box off. Um, I don't really see them going to Phoenix, Florida. Again, I think it's a little, little shaky, even though the state of Tampa sports has been pretty good recently. Uh, I just don't think it's the risk is, uh, is enough. I think the risk is a little too high there, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. 
um, hopefully soon. Uh, our next discussion a little bit, we, we talked to the commissioner, is about the Hall of Fame now. They didn't really give us much uh, to work with with when we're going to hear about this Hall of Fame class. Voting is still going on right now. Um, me and Adam do not have a vote in who gets into the Hall of Fame, but we do have you know some choices that, that we would like to see made. Um, Adam, talk to me a little bit about some guys you'd like to see in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I know my Philly bias comes in through and through, even as much as I try and damper it down. But a guy like Jake Berge and, and Kevin Finner and the two former uh, Philly Wings champion, multi-time champions, uh, Finner and won one with the Rock too, which kind of breaks my heart. But those two guys are are, are locks. I think that that really need to be. And both, uh, interestingly enough, were were on the final ballots um, back in Berge. Interesting. Uh, interestingly enough, was on in 14-15, wasn't a finalist in 16, um, and Kevin Finneran was a finalist in 15 and 16 and didn't make it. So I think he certainly uh, is deserving if either of them, since Kevin Finneran was uh, around a little bit before Jake's time, um, we were talking uh, on Instagram with Dallas Elliott, and he is absolutely all in on Finn making it this year. So, uh, and then you know the the obvious names too on people's lists. You can talk to to the John Grant Juniors, the Colin Doyles. Uh, that that seemed that they'd be locks as well. Yeah, no, I, I think Colin Doyle and uh, John Grant Junior are shoe ins. Um, you know, to me, uh, if you make a list, I think there's three tiers. Those guys are the top tiers. They're getting in. Um, there's just, you know, they would have been in in 2017 if they had one, uh, 2016 was the last class they had. They both were playing in the league at that time. Um, so I, I think their first ballot, you know, hall of famers. Um, and you know, I do think, you know, Jake Berge and, uh, Finneran also probably make it in. Um, you know, my next tier would be those two guys as well as I, I think Casey Powell deserves to be in, um, you know, the only American to win MVP. Um, and then Anthony Cosmo, and Micah Kersey both have, you know, historic resumes that I, I think puts them in the Hall of Fame as well. The only interesting thing with the NLL Hall of Fame is it's been tough to get in. You know, they the only time they've elected five members was the inaugural class in 2006. Uh, since then, they've only elected three at the most. Uh, some years, it was only one, you know. So in, in recent years, um, you know, it, the last class was three. So it's it's tough to make it in the NL Hall of Fame. And I actually like it that way. You know, sometimes you, you see these Hall of Fames um, kind of get diluted, uh, you know, a little bit. Um, NLL Hall of Fame is the cream of the crop. Um, so I, I think even some of these guys that we've listed, uh, you know, there's some other ones that definitely deserve, like Gavin Prout, um, Lewis Ratcliffe, Jay Jalbert, Chris Gill, uh, even Glenn Clark's name been th- thrown around a little bit. Um, you know, New England Black Wolves coach, I, I think he, he's probably deserving too. Those guys are more of the fringe for me. I don't think they get in um, this class, but, you know, it's going to really be interesting how many get in, you know, do we see another class that's, you know, around two or three, or is it going to be a bigger class since, you know, we've been on hiatus since 2016, um, you know, who knows? Uh, we, we really don't know, but we hope the the votes come in and we, we get a pretty solid class. Again, though, I think the two shoe-ins, John Grant Jr. and Colin Doyle, if you could bet on who makes it in the Hall of Fame, those are the two guys I'm betting on. Um, and, you know, a lot of respect for, like you mentioned, Jay, Jake Berge and uh, Kevin Finneran as well. Um, so, yeah, those are those are our kind of picks for the, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, they might announce this 2020 class actually in 2021. You know, they're taking their time with it, which there's nothing wrong with that. But hopefully we get um, some news on that. Uh, and then the final piece – of news that we talked to the commissioner, which I was itching to ask him is about gambling. Uh, you know, he, he confirmed that 
they were planning on doing it last playoffs. You know, I mean, that was pretty much a given when they announced their deal with BetMGM. That unfortunately fell through because of COVID, but they are, you know, full steam ahead now. Um, and it sounds like, you know, they really want to take it to the next level. So this brings us to our segment where we currently don't have any future odds for these teams, but me and you, Adam, kind of talked through it and we came up with our own future odds. So we're going to predict the future odds. Uh, these again are solely the creation of pro lacrosse talk. There have not been any public future odds released by any sports book just yet. Uh, but we're going to take a stab at it and then uh, we're going to make our value picks based on that. So we kind of went off the standings of last year, as well as, you know, looking at some of the moves these teams made. So right now we have the Thunderbirds and the Black Wolves at plus 400 odds to win the NLL championship in 2021. Uh, the Rock and Rush and Bandits sit at plus 500. Then we have the Wings at plus 800, followed by the Swarm at plus 1,000, the Mammoth plus 1,000. Uh, the Roughnecks and Seals we have at plus 1,500. And then the Warriors, Riptide, and Nighthawks we have at plus 2,000. So those are our future odds. Again, these are not official. These are solely based on our opinions. Um, we kind of rank the teams first, and then we you know, created the odds based on that. Um, but going off of these odds, Adam, if these were the odds that they actually released by BetMGM, what would be your value pick? What, what's a team that you think is maybe a little bit undervalued that you would maybe throw some money at um, and hopes that they could actually make a run at the championship? Yeah, I know. I mean, there's two. Uh, I, I don't. I, I know I've been harking home the Philly thing, but at plus 800, the Wings were really on a tear last year. And I think another year uh, under the belt with that squad coming together, uh, I think that's a really strong one. And also, you know, the Mammoth added Zeddy Ball game. So those two squads between the Wings at plus 800 and the Mammoth at plus 1,000 with their revamped offense in, in um in the big house. I think those are two great options uh, at those numbers. Yeah. So I, I like those a lot. I, I'm going to go a little bit more extreme sure. and go riptide. You know, they add, you know, arguably one of the top players in the league last year. Well, was he was one of the top players in the league last year, arguably could have been MVP in Callum Crawford this off season. They bring in a veteran backup goaltender to be their starter in Steve Orleman. He's been waiting in the wings in Georgia for a while. Um, and, you know, overall, I, I just like the makeup of this team, the coaching staff that they brought in with Dan Lattisor. Um, So, I, you know, again, I don't think they're going to win the championship. But if I'm looking, you know, to place a small bet with a high possible return, maybe, you know, go riptide. There, there's no harm, no foul there. Um, you know, but if I, I want to maybe a little bit of a safer bet, um, you know, I would go Toronto Rock. I mean, I think they look really solid. Uh, Mitch Desnew adding him in the off season is big. Um, you know, again, you're not going to probably get as much bang for your buck if you place that bet, but in terms of an actual contender, I'd say the Toronto rock are an actual contender um, as well as the Thunderbirds. They didn't lose anybody. Uh, they added Tyson bell in the off season. Um, so again, those two teams to me are, are the teams to beat um, really in this league. And if you really want to, you know, bet on a contender, I, I would bet on those two. So those are our, our thoughts on this. Again, these are not official odds. Uh, we're going to look forward to see when these official odds do come out and see how close we actually were to them. Um, again, the interesting thing too with Vegas is they're kind of working from, from a blank slate like they did with the PLL this past season. You know, They can kind of really just go off of previous seasons. Um, so I, I think you will see odds based off of the standings last year. You know, They don't even have to go, have playoffs to go off of necessarily. So I think you'll see – 
odds pretty uh pretty close to each other um and it'll probably be again based off the standings of last year so you know that benefits if you really like the roughnecks uh makeup it really benefits you know a team like that that you know maybe underperformed in the standings last year but you know lost some close games and it still could possibly be a contender um but that, yeah that we are definitely looking forward to sports betting again we launched pro lacrosse bets last season um we're going to definitely keep that going in the future as well so if you for all your betting information on lacrosse definitely come to us dan newbert our resident betting expert is going to be coming on the show a little bit more you know me and adam have dabbled in betting uh we can definitely make informed betting decisions based on our lacrosse knowledge but dan actually is a great person to kind of help us too because he kind of takes the emotion out of it and that's the key in sports betting, you know, you definitely want to, to find value where others don't. Um, but you also got to take, you know, some, some emotion out of your, your bets as well. Um, you know, yeah, Adam, you, you're letting your heart talk a little bit with the wings. You gotta, you gotta take that emotion out yeah, of it. I think that's smart. I'm trying to keep my, my biases out of it. I, I think <laughs> based off of their track record, if, if you put a blank slate and they, they were, uh, I don't even know a random team that I probably wouldn't like. I, would still think that at plus 800, they're, they're a good chance for us. Uh, I, I know my, my biases come through usually, but uh, I, I, I don't think they always do. I think this one is a head and the heart. Head and the heart. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we could put some stuff on the line too, me versus you. I, I, I still owe you cheesesteaks. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was hoping to get some crab cakes out of uh, our, our little showdown this past summer. I still owe you cheesesteaks though. Um, so we will – Definitely get that when we uh, see each other next, and then we'll put some some more crab cakes and yep. cheesesteaks on the line uh, this upcoming NLL season. But that wraps up this episode. Uh, we want to you know send a thank you to the commissioner for coming on the show. Uh, we thank you all for listening. Uh, tweet us your value picks for for betting. Let us know who you're going with. You know, I know we have a lot of uh, Saskatchewan Rush fans following our mm-hmm. our account. I'm sure they're a little disappointed we didn't mention them. I think they're right up there with the contenders as well. So if you're a Rush fan, you know, are you putting your money on there? Um, you know, is there another team that we maybe overlooked that, that you think is going to be a safe bet? Um, so let us know who you think it would be a great bet to bet on um, at the start of this season. Uh, be sure to check out our social media accounts. We have a lot of great content coming up. We have some stuff in the works for the new year. So just keep following us. Uh, we're really excited to unveil a lot of cool things coming uh, this co- coming year. So uh, again, stick with us. And we hope you enjoy this episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Streaker Sports. Streaker Sports features an array of throwback t-shirts and apparel, including t-shirts of defunct major indoor lacrosse league teams such as the Baltimore Thunder, New York Saints, Syracuse Smash, and Boston Blazers. They also provide custom uniforms and shorts that are perfect for your rep team's upcoming lacrosse tournament or season. Better yet, we've teamed up with Streaker Sports to provide you with a special discount. Simply visit StreakerSports.com and use the code PLT to save 15% on your order today.